0: Welcome back to In the Classroom with Herzog Global. I'm Ruven Spalter. How do our students read the Tanakh? Do we treat it like a text we want our students to read, connect with, and really warm up to? Imagine your students' relationship with their favorite book. You can see him or her sitting in a corner, engrossed in the pages, almost drinking it in. It's such an inspiring image. But when we come to the Torah and the Tanakh, the books given to us from God. Can we imagine our students having a similar relationship with the holiest books in our tradition? Do they even have the skills to read the books of the Tanakh in this way? This is what Amira Soleimani is working to give, not only to her students in southeastern Michigan, but to the students of any of the teachers who use her teaching methodology, which she calls Tanakh Sadna. In this methodology, a teacher emphasizes content, skill, and meaning-making, bringing best practices from the world of education into the elementary school Tanakh classroom. I first met Amira after I heard her give a talk about Tanakh Sedna at the Pages Conference a year ago in Denver. Since that time, we've stayed in touch, and she graciously agreed to join me on the podcast to talk about Tanakh Sedna. A passionate Jewish educator and curriculum designer, Amira Soleimani currently serves as the Director of Judaic Studies Curriculum and Instruction at the Hillel Day School of Metropolitan Detroit. Prior to joining Hillel, Amira served as the Head of the Bible Department at the Franco-Jewish Academy of Metro Detroit. She holds a triple BA in Judaic Studies, Ancient Civilizations and Biblical Studies, and Hebrew and Jewish Cultural Studies from the University of Michigan, and MA and Talmud from Tel Aviv University and a certificate in Talmud, Jewish Thought, and Pedagogy from the Shalom Hartman Malamdin School for Torah Teacher Education. If you want to learn more about Tanakh Sadna and find find out about ways to bring this impressive program to your school, you can visit the website TanakhSadna.com. She spells Tanakh C-H, we spell it, Herzog, K-H. So just before we begin some housekeeping, I'm very excited about our Spring 2024 lineup of courses for Judaic Studies teachers, which begins on February 25th. Sadly, well not sadly for us, but sadly our course in differentiated, differentiated education in the Kodesh classroom in partnership with Hidden Sparks is sold out. But we have two other amazing professional development opportunities. First, the incredible Dr. Yael Ziegler is giving a brand new course in teaching Sefer Shmot. There are only a few spots left, so be sure to register now. And in addition, we're offering an exciting self-guided mini course with Rabbi Alan Haber called Bringing Eretz Yisrael into the Classroom. You'll learn pedagogy and critical online tools to bring Israel to your students in your classroom. Spaces are limited so register today at global.herzog.ac.il. That's global.herzog, H-E-R-Z-O-G.ac.il slash courses. Now, here's my conversation with Amira Suleimani. Amir Soleimani, welcome to In the Classroom with Herzog Global. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very grateful. Okay, I, I'm talking to you. I'm here in Israel. You're in Michigan, yep. in southeastern Michigan. So, one the first thing we'd like to ask, you know, as we all know, the war is r- rages on here in Israel, and it's all encompassing here. How does it meeting you and your students? Uh, your school is a, I it's K through eight, correct?
1: Yes. And we have an early childhood um, center that begins at 18 months. Wow.
0: So, okay. Yeah. How would you, I mean, obviously it's not going to affect the kindergartners, but how does it affect your students? Are they aware of what's going on in Israel? Is it in the classroom at all in uh, at Hillel? Mm-hmm.
1: Shortly after, I think it was actually October 8th. We met as a leadership team and um began to think through what we were going to do to make sure that in, in an age-appropriate way, we were educating the students about the war um, that broke out and the situation in Israel. Um, you know, we worked with our social work team and the educational team, and we had this great vision of how we would make sure our students were both in the know and protected from knowledge that may be too much for them. And then we got to school that week and, you know, lo and behold, we have Israeli students. Hmm. So actually everything we had planned for, you know, it's a total toss up. You have second graders that are well aware of the hostages because, you know, half the second grade class that they're in is Israeli or someone lost a family extended family member in Israel and had to travel with their parents to Israel and then you have the fourth grade where it's not clear um, if they know about the hostages. In an age-appropriate way, everyone knows that Israel is at war, that we say you know, the prayer for the state of Israel multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. We have Israel everywhere in the building right now. We've done fundraisers, um, really putting our hearts and our minds with a deep kavanah towards uh, our homeland.
0: Hmm. So Did you find I mean, have you found it to be too much for some students because you're, you're talking about elementary school children or are they they just go about their day and it's kind of they're just aware of it.
1: We prepared for it to be too much and we made sure that, again, our social workers were in place, our teachers knew to let the students lead in the middle school with questions, you know, in certain grades. Um, and I don't what's fascinating is I I don't think it's been too much. The only hmm. area we've been concerned, we've taken in, or for a period, we took in a number, of maybe 20, 25 Israeli students. Yeah, I was
0: going to ask you, I heard, we heard yeah. here that a bunch of people from Israel sort of were stuck or whatever and enrolled their kids in Jewish day schools. Yes. So we so like took 20 in, to 25. That's fascinating. 20 to
1: 25.
0: Are they still there or they went, they came back or they left or whatever? A
1: handful are still here. Mm-hmm. Um, most have gone back. It was a beautiful, Experience for our school community. Our mm-hmm. teachers rose to the occasions. It was a lot of logistical work, and then you know, getting everyone acclimated. We had general size teachers on Duolingo, Trans, <laughs> right? um, yeah, I mean, and it was the greatest honor that our. It, this is this is the core of a mission of a Jewish day school. This is what Kali Israel is, um, and so, you know, at no point did I feel like we saw students who felt it was too much. It was more everyone opening their hearts and rising to the occasion.
0: Wow, okay, and the parent body, just briefly, obviously the parents want or gets to know, did you have any sort of, I assume you were communicating with the parents all the time. Is there anything unique that you thought that, you know, that you'd want other schools or teachers to be aware of that you did or that you wish you had done in that area?
1: The parent body quickly expressed a lot of thirst for community. And we're a very community-oriented school. We consider ourselves, a, you know, the Hillel family. Mm-hmm. Um, and we put out a number of opportunities for parent programming. And it's actually been eye-opening to see the number of parents that we might perceive to be disinterested in Jewish learning or Israel or the intersection, obviously, of the two um, and there's a tremendous want and desire. So our parents have also been very supportive.
0: That's so fascinating. It's really, it is really interesting that your community, the Hello community, might represent a unique place where mm-hmm. that other institutions don't have have the opportunity to reach parents or families mm-hmm. you know, in the place mm-hmm. that you do.
1: Yeah, and I'll also say that you know the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan, were pretty um, homogeneous. Sorry, let me restart that one. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: well, for those who are listening who don't know, uh, you know, Detroit, oh. Michigan is is known for having a quite a large uh, Arab population. Am I yes. Right. That
1: is accurate. We have um at one point it was the largest Arab population outside of the Middle East. That's I don't absolutely. know if that's still true. Um right. but you know, our our parent, we have the we're not a very um, politically diverse community. So we, re- we have representation from all s- realms of the left and the right, but for mm-hmm. the most part, we tend to be, um, you know, sort of one outlook of s- tremendous support to Israel. And I'm sure that that's been a- an asset
0: to this whole process. Uh-huh. Okay. I understand what you mean. Um, um, let's move into the classroom because one of the reasons I reached out to you is because when I met you, um, <laughs> I met you uh, uh, at the Prisma conference. We met; it was a year ago. I don't know. It was like less than a year ago. Um, mm-hmm. And um, and you, I met you because you presented this unbelievable program that you've implemented in Hillel called Tanakh Sadna. Thank and yeah. uh, I wanted you, you to sort of give give you the opportunity to share Tanakh Sadna with our listeners and to just explain what it is and why you're doing it and how it's going. You know, and and if some schools are listening or teachers are listening and saying. Whoa! I could use that, and they'll obviously you'll you know get them interested. What is what? Why did you do it? What are you doing, and uh, how do you do it in ten minutes?
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak about the Tanakh Sunnah. Um, I am a Torah teacher through and through, and uh, you know I, I think that like many other Torah teachers in North America, I experimented with how to um, weave together. Content and skill and meaning making, and I I struggled with it for a long time, um. And then one day I was talking with a general studies principal at Hillel Day School, and she said to me, "Well, have you heard of you know some of the best practices uh, using the workshop model as you teach?" And I said, "What's the workshop model?" And she said, "Well." you know, when, when a student reads, like they pick up the book, they find the book level that's just right for them. They go and they get comfy and it's the warmest process. And I was sort of overcome by the fact that, you know, the I had this realization that the way that I read my favorite books, it didn't feel like the same way that I read the Tanakh. It felt too distant. And I felt, I started to um recognize that we treat the Tanakh often like anything but Um, you know, the text that we want to read and get into and have those warm and fuzzy feelings around. This is our divine gift from God. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started to look into some of the best practices out there in general studies for reading and contemplated ways to bring that into Torah study. And at the same time, as I brought those into the lessons, I amplified the skills piece, um, which feels a little bit Maybe oppositional.
0: Everybody um, I absolutely. talk to says it's either or. Which one do yeah. you want? Do you want yeah. warm and fuzzy or do you want skills? Totally. Especially, especially like you can sit down with your, I don't know, with your, with your uh, Harry Potter or whatever, you know, and because the kids know how to read that book. Yeah. It's hard to be warm and fuzzy with the book where you don't really understand what the words are saying. Exactly.
1: And I think that mm, sort of the driving force is exactly to what you said. You know how to read that book. So my, vision was that if we could find ways to help students know how to read the Torah and simultaneously give them reading skills to strengthen their ability to analyze what they're reading, the outcome could be tremendous. Mm. And um, my approach is, it's a very tight scope and sequence that treats biblical grammar almost like um, a science. Anybody could recognize patterns. Anyone could, you know, almost like the way we look at math and numbers, that's how we go about analyzing biblical grammar. Um, And it starts with the most basic of repeating words, make it fun, get students engaged. It starts in third grade, you know, um, before students have a predisposition of, oh, I can't do Hebrew. Oh, I'm not good at this. Um, And if we can capture them when they're young enough and let them begin to weave together these two skill sets, um, you know, what we've seen at Hillel is really the basis of skillful reading of the Torah text. Um, And that leads to deeper retention. And I think all of that serves a much more profound, deeper why, which is, you know, we want our students to love the Torah, not only as a book, but as a guide for life. Sure. Um, so, so
0: just to drill down it yeah. sounds like from what i understand it sounds like it's very guided for teachers meaning a teacher gets a very specific course follows the course very very carefully does that is does that leave room for differentiation for individual teaching abilities is it leave room for that or like you know there's a path to follow to guide the, the students a, along their uh, you know along the the skill set development and all the, all the while sort of you know building in content
1: Mhm. So in North America right now Jewish studies teachers come in various um you know levels of knowledge and skill. So there is a teacher guide. In the teacher guide there's a delineated scope and sequence. Each lesson has a certain goal. And if it's a more novice teacher, we actually provide a script that they can use to ensure that they um can achieve the particular benchmark. They don't need to worry about, wow, what do I have to do? They don't have to think about the what to get to that skill. It's Mm -hmm. there for them. And if there's a more advanced teacher who says, you know, I feel like I can spread my wings. I know how to get these students to achieve a particular benchmark in a class. By all means, there's a lot of opportunity for freedom. And what we also provide is we... um, scale the benchmark in the teacher guide. We scale it up. So what is an above benchmark student look like in your classroom? And then we scale it back. A student who needs more support, what should they be able to produce? Um, and I think the clarity of the goals really helps enhance any classroom teaching. So
0: two things I'm hearing that I like, I'm, I'm learning this language. First of yeah. all, it's, not, it's very student oriented, not teacher oriented. So students have to demonstrate rather than teachers teaching. Which is, uh, which is which uh, is you you assume that everybody's doing that, which is uh, mm. important. Yeah. Um, and the second thing I'm wondering is, can you, can you just pick a, a specific example, like just off, you know, like something that you, I could, so a teacher could hear and understand. Like, what would a benchmark be that you would expect, and what would a, a, a sort of a a sample activity be that you would that you would give to a teacher in order to guide to that, lead to that benchmark, the, the demonstration of student mastery. Yes.
1: Um, Before I share the sample model, just to your point about it being very student-driven, that is to the core, I mentioned earlier, the workshop model. The core of this universal workshop model is that it is student-driven and student-oriented. Teacher talk is very limited, Hmm. and then it's really the students um, who are doing the work and displaying the learning.
0: So they're Um, in in the small groups, they're working individually, you know, there's all that.
1: Exactly. And teacher can go around and confer and really get, you know, that one-on-one support to students as needed. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in terms of a sample, I would say that um, an easy one to pull off the top of my head is if we're looking for um, roots. You know, uh, we've advanced past just finding a word that is right there. And now the student is searching for three-letter roots. Um, If there's a root like shamar. And then it comes in as Yishmeru. An on-level student should be able to look in the text as they're kind of going in the all Hebrew of the Tanakh text. They should be able to spot Yishmeru. They can learn to ignore the beginning prefix, the end letters that are added on, chop the word to find the root, and Mm -hmm. they'd find it. If you take something um, a little more complex, maybe a root that loses... um, uh, the middle, middle radical, sure. or, um, you know, there's a hay that falls, falls off. That's a route that you would want to offer. Um, you could start off, it's in the curriculum, but let's say there's a very advanced student. You could supplement that route into the search, and then that student has that extra challenge so that when everyone's still working on, you know, the baseline five words, and rather than just sitting there and saying I'm done, you know, Torah work is done. No, the learning never stops. There's that added bonus of challenge that can be huh.
0: explained. So, so it's built into the curriculum, the the yes. different different levels. So you'll so like an activity would be you'll give them the text and say highlight or underline or, or whatever it is, the roots are, you know, searching for these words.
1: Exactly. And then it's of course so after that, there's sort of the meaning making level. Okay, right. so great. We found these words what are we going to predict about the story what can we anticipate will happen how accurate are our predictions these huh. and again predictions that's something that comes from um universal reading skills that it's the core of a reading benchmark making sure that students know how to uh, comprehend and understand and predict in their text that they're reading
0: mm, wow okay so i know for a fact that you worked really really hard what grades have we done this for so far Right now,
1: the formal curriculum is available for third and fourth grade. And -hmm. at Hillel, which is where it's it's it lives um, both at Hillel and in another uh, North American school. Mm. And at Hillel, we're working to make sure that as our students graduate the third, you know, the first class of third and fourth graders and they move vertically upward, that the fifth grade curriculum, you know, is aligned to where they are at right now.
0: So, are you going to do it also for five and six, or that's? Yes, not really yeah, yeah. The
1: vision is to continue to grow it with each year.
0: Wow, mm-hmm. I, I think it, I'm a skills guy. I think it's amazing. I really do. Thank I think you. it's amazing, and so I give you all the credit in the world. And I know probably like less than you how hard it is to to really get yourself entrenched and to get other people interested while you're doing your actual job. Have you had interest? from other schools? Have you, have you started to get bites from other schools or not yet?
1: Yes. Um, We're very blessed. I feel very blessed. Um, There is a network of schools in North America that has uh, purchased it for this year and they have implemented it. And what's nice is it's, it's cool to watch another school modify, um, you know, the curriculum, sort of tweak it to fit their needs, their mission. It's nice to see that it can live in another space. um, And, you know, have, you wins. have
0: someone to train. I Meaning, because from the work yes. that I do at Herzog, like I know that you can, you can give all the, the best teacher in the world, the best curriculum in the world, but unless you, unless you train them, unless you, you know, you know teach them 100%. the essence of the curriculum, you know, it's are yeah. not going to be what you want it to be or what they want it to be.
1: 100%. So I'm working with, um, a- veteran teacher coach Laura Pasek, and mm-hmm. she is uh, my partner in crime on this project. She was actually my first teacher at Hillel of um, the <laughs> curriculum, and okay. um, now she is taking her wisdom and lived experience with it and helping others.
0: Okay, great. Amira. if they want, people want to know, if teachers want to know more about Tanasana, how would they find it, and how would they find you?
1: So we have a website. It's www.tanach, with a C, sadna, S-A-D-N-A.com.
0: Okay. Um,
1: you can, you know, fill out a form of curiosity inquiry on there, or you can find me at Hillel with my email, asoleimani at org. Uh,
0: Soleimani, S-O-A-S-O-L-E-I-M-A-N-I, Soleimani. You got it. That's great. Awesome. Uh, you know, it's interesting. So interesting because at Herzog, I'll just give a little log rolling plug. We're developing a exactly the opposite curriculum, mm. which we're we're calling it like the Tanah. Like it's a it's a pedagogy that we're developing called the Tanakhazar Story, and it sort of meshes with what you're talking about. Like I see you smile. Yeah. Like listeners can't see you smile, but right yeah, away, yeah. that giving teachers pedagogical tools to allow them and help them connect their students to the story that they're learning where they are. Meaning mm-hmm. it's not just, it, it, I can, we, we developed a, a, a mini curriculum for the first few uh, of Shemot, the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. But more than that, meaning any, like the beauty of like, you know, the beauty of learning Tanakh is that the stories are eternal and they're, they're, they're our story. They're the connection, not only to us as a Jewish people, but mm-hmm. the values and the lessons inherent in them have, should, must have meaning for our kids. So,
1: hundred percent. I, I think. I think. Yeah. So we're developing
0: cool. a whole like a curriculum, an online course in how do you pull it apart? What are some elements that I like? You know, it's a triangle of myself as a, as a teacher, mm-hmm.
1: my students,
0: and the text. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying to find the 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 point in you know that that merges between all these three in of this course. year at this time. Meaning now we're dealing with a war. So if yeah. I'm teaching Abraham this year. Yeah. I might find different meaning than I'm going to teach in another year with another group of kids.
1: One hundred percent, one hundred percent. It's so funny. In my notes for this podcast, I have written down just how Rabbi Sachs, you know, would often talk about a nation of storytellers hmm. and the power of our people coming from, you know, being having our ultimate story, and also looking at young students and knowing that their ability to connect into the jewish people is is very much um i think you know intrinsically connected to their ability to know their story and the best blessing however a student gets it the best blessing a kid can have
0: is their jewish story 100% like we yeah. it's so interesting because it, you know we talk about the war and the kids at hill are blessed to be connected and one of the things that the jewish people is struggling with, and especially mm-hmm. the United States, you have an incredibly important challenge, you know, is, is the the war sort of raised this idea of Jewish identity and mm-hmm. what is it that I'm fighting for? Mm-hmm. But if our children and then they become adults are not aware of our history, but even more that not mm-hmm. just the idea of the history, our, our tradition, our Masora, our, our, mm-hmm. our story, Mm-hmm. Then they're not going to know what they're fighting for, and 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 yeah. and, and yeah. Th- then they won't fight on behalf of their people. That, that's that's yeah. the honest truth.
1: I mean, it's it's so true, and we have such a responsibility. The war has forced. I feel this way. I I feel a responsibility. The war has forced us to hold a mirror onto the the curriculum and the education and our mission and our values to make sure that what we are doing when a student is five, six, seven, eight, all the way through, you know, their teens, it is building the foundation for the language that they need to hold on to as a compass in life toward the Jewish people and directing them toward Israel.
0: Um, I I find these conversations so inspiring. I really like, I really do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And to know that you guys are, you know, that here in, in one side of the world, we're thinking about the Jewish story. And that's exactly what you and your team are thinking about. That is the most uplifting thing cuz you know i'm a big believer that brilliance sort of it manifests simultaneously in a variety
0: of places so okay um, hopefully we'll come out with a good curriculum that's useful for teachers that's that's always the yes. challenge and i guess you must be really blessed if you've already got schools buying your curriculum, it, it, I'm sure wow. it's I'm sure it's quite quite valuable and really thank important. You. And I wish you all the luck in the world. Mamash, thank tremendous. Thank you. Tremendous thank you for hot having hot
1: me on the show. I really appreciate it. All right,
0: it. Amira Soleimani, she is uh, I don't know what your official title is. What's your official title? The long
1: is? one. I'm the director of Judaic Studies Curriculum and Instruction.
0: Wow, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> At Hello Day School in what is it? Bloomfield, Michigan? Where is it? Armington
1: Michigan? Hills, Michigan.
0: Armington Hills, Michigan. Thank you yeah. so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Ruben.